Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello, I'm John Kennedy, and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes are Loyal Kana and producers Quez and Nick Mills to talk about how they wrote, recorded, and produced the album Hugo. Ben Coyle Lana, better known as Loyal Kana, is a hip hop artist from Croydon, South London. Whilst attending Whitgift School and subsequently the Brit School and the Drama Centre, his interest in music and lyric writing grew. Beginning to release demos under the name Master Mowgli, in 2012 he played his first show supporting MF Doom. After the sudden passing of his stepfather in 2014, Ben decided to drop out of the Drama Centre to focus on music and his debut EP, A Little Late, was released on Soundcloud that same year. His debut album, Yesterday's Gone, followed in 2017, featuring production from Quez, Tom Mission, Rebel Clef, among others. The album was nominated for the 2017 Mercury Prize, and Loyal was nominated for two Brit Awards, as well as winning Best British Solo Artist at the NME Awards. His second album, Not Waving But Drowning, released in 2019, was met with equally high praise and debuted at number three on the UK album charts. His latest record, Hugo, is much more cinematic in scale and scope, all the while delivered with Loyal's characteristic honesty and authenticity. Quezzy Say, better known as Quez, is an artist and producer from Lewisham, South East London. Quez's creative talents were nurtured from a young age when he received a keyboard and tape recorder as birthday presents from his grandparents, sparking his interest in music and sound recording. Digging into songwriting while at school, his first break in the music industry came playing keys on Jack Peniarty's 2007 album, Run For Your Life. While continuing performing and recording, Quez simultaneously began to take on more work as a producer, initially on some early demos for the XX, as well as a collaboration project with singer-songwriter Mikachu, titled Quezachu. Beginning to put out music of his own, in 2013 he released his debut album Ilp on Warp Records. As word of Quez's production talent and grasp of musical genres began to spread, he became involved in a wide variety of projects, including grime MC Kano, psychedelic rock band Landshapes, R&B singer-songwriter Solange Knowles, and on Bobby Womack's final album, The Bravest Man in the Universe, working alongside Damon Albarn and Richard Russell. Quez has been a producer and co-writer across all three of Loyal Kana's albums. Nick Mills is an artist and producer from London. At school in Chiswick, it was here Nick befriended Carl Simmons, later of the indie pop band Bastille, and the two of them started producing electronic music together. Going on to release tracks under the name Tide, their partnership continues to this day, most recently culminating in their 2021 EP, Mantra. Nick first started his studio career as a runner at Metropolis Studios. Working his way through the studio ranks, Nick began engineering for artists including Kendrick Lamar, John Bryan and the London Gospel Choir, as well as producing sessions with many of the newer artists coming through the studio doors. It was here that he met Ben whilst mixing the first Laurel Carner album, Yesterday's Gone, with engineer Dan Perry. After becoming firm friends and developing a good working relationship, Nick left the studio to work full-time as a producer on Ben's third record, Hugo. Today, I'm here at Spitfire Audio, and I'm joined by Ben, Loyal Kana, Quez and Nick. And what better way to start our conversation than by hearing something from the record. This is Georgetown. Explain yourself what you mean when you say half-caste. I'm listening to you with the keen half of my ear. When I sleep at night, I close 
half a I. Consequently, I dream half a dream. And when moon begin to glow, I half cast human being. Cast half a shadow. Man cast a big shadow, ready on Braco Hard stay dodging from the arrow Skin of my teeth, late nights I was tarot Sweet to the bone, to the marrow, the marshmallow it is Loyal Carno with Georgetown from the new album Hugo and I'm very pleased to say that we've come to Spitfire Studios to talk to Loyal Carna about the album. Loyal Carna, aka Ben, is sat in front of me. Hello Ben. Hello. We've got Quez to your left. Hello, Quez. Hey. And we've got Nick straight in front of me, so to, to Ben's right. Welcome. Thanks so much for coming here to talk about Hugo today. Thanks for having us. Very excited about it. Um, and where do we start? I mean, the first track we're going to look at is Hate, but is there background information? How did this uh, project come together? I guess it was something that was in the works a crazy amount of time ago. Thomas said to me the other yeah. day, it's like 950 certain days ago was the first day at the studio. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. But we, um, it was just at the beginning, just before lockdown. Pretty much, we had got in yeah, maybe a it was month. Like February twenty twenty, we started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just, me and Nick, had linked up just to spend some time in the studio, and then, yeah, you know, lockdown happened, and we created our little bubble, and we just spent yeah the next like two and a bit or three years. Just the two of you, or with Quez as well? No, no, no. At first, it was just me and Nick, and then we started having little, I guess, like live sessions. Was a big part of it with Alpha Mist, Rocco Palladino, Spaven, Richard Spaven. And various others, Jordan Mackay, such people popping in and out. But that was the core. And then, yeah, I gave Quez a call probably like some point in lockdown. And was like, yo, we've got loads. We had had all these rough pieces of music, but you really needed to start taking them from rough ideas to finished ideas. And, you know, trust Mm. Quez implicitly with my music and have done since the beginning of, you know, my like, I guess like professional output. But this was the first time I was kind of reaching out to him to be complete executive production across the whole thing for us to really create the whole album together. So then, yeah, then we just spent loads of time, I guess, together. Yeah. So, and where, where was that initial session? No, where, where? At Hackney Road. Right. Hackney okay. Road Studios. Yeah. Shout out to Sean, man. Yeah. We were in there for ages. That's really become our second home. But it was wicked because it has like a tiny, so like a little SSL room, a control room, and then a, like about the same size as this, like a live room. But it was small enough that it felt like a bedroom still. And it wasn't, I don't know, pretentious. There was no Mm-mm-mm. bullshit in there, really. You know, like a really beautiful piano, good space for drums, and then enough little bits of setup for guitar, bass, etc. So yeah, we just, I don't know, for this process, it was the first time that I had ever been really happy to like create loads of ideas and move on from ideas. You know, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to write something and then it had to be, like we had to squeeze it out until it was done, you know? Whereas when we started linking up with Alpha and stuff, it was like, they would have a great idea and then go, cool, we're moving on. And I'd be like, what? But this is amazing. They'd be like, yeah, but something else could be around the corner. And it was a nice, yeah, lesson for me to just keep pushing and uncovering, you know? Yeah. So they, were these were like jam sessions then, in effect, with yeah. quite a few different people involved, just having fun? Basically, yeah. It would just be like recording for hours and hours and hours. And then you might go back on an idea that everyone's sort of stuck on. And then Ben might lay sort of like a couple of verses and then like you say, just move on. Wouldn't get too caught up yeah. on like one idea. And that just meant that like you can get to like keep creating, which I think mm. was where some of the best stuff came from. Yeah, we, we were writing in the moment as well. So, I mean, so if they were jamming out an idea, I'd be either sat in the live room or in the control room. And as they were playing, feeling it out, I'd be writing. 
so as soon as they kind of if they stuck on something for long enough or if I was like hey stick on this I'm feeling something to this or I can imagine something on this within like 20 minutes or 30 minutes I might have two verses and an idea for a chorus and then go in I'd like swap over they come into the control room I'd go in and record it and then we just bounce, wouldn't even really listen you know we just bounce it down as a you know something rough and then just keep moving and then at the end of the day listen through to everything so it was wicked for me because it was just so freeing you know it felt like for the first time I'd ever been approaching music you know with a for want of a better word like with a jazz you know outlook of like it is in the moment it doesn't matter there's no pressure because a lot of the stuff when I listen back to the album and, and even the demos we made like I don't know like a hundred and something tunes that I don't know how I wrote a lot of it you know and I couldn't rewrite it if I tried so it just kind of came together in magic <laughs> ba yeah basic I mean just yeah. because we were, we were all spending time together you know it was just like it was a really open environment but we couldn't do that forever so that's why we called Cresc we were like yo we just keep making songs <laughs> and none of them are finished but we have loads of them <laughs> help us pick some good ones and then help us make them actual songs that people can listen to yeah excellent well the first of those songs we're going to listen to and dig into is Hate so maybe if we hear a blast of the mastery of hate and then we can get into it. Yeah, listen, I, let me tell you what I hate. Everything I ain't Everything I don't Everything I break I hate the way that you were saying I'd be great Straight, let me tell you what I love That there's no one above The thought it is what it is Shit, same thought it was what it was Yeah, I'm like the dove that had flew Too close to the sun and he knew Deep down there was nothing he could do as far because the sun was you. Uh, it is Loyal Garner with Hate from the album Hugo and there's so much to talk about just lyrically alone. Uh, there are going to be essays and books and theses <laughs> written on these songs. Honestly, I really think so. But before we go into sure. the lyrics, you know, how did this tune come about? What came first, do you think? Well, this I think this is like an interesting one because it probably went through the most changes and versions and yeah. it just sort of... It was a, a labour of love at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we got there in the end. But I think, like in the beginning, it was just just an organic sort, of, like, a bit of a jam, like, with, like the other Matt, things right? with, with El, El Saga, who came down to the studio. But then he sort mm -hmm. of had this. He was like, oh, "Have you heard this sample?" And it started from a sample, and he just pinged over a sample and then put it into this little sort of organelle and sort of chopped it up, and then it just quite quickly grew into this. You thing did, that was, you did right. He chucked it in and then you reversed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was sort of got quite warped and yeah, yeah. just played it more of like an instrument. And then, do you have that sample? Do you? I, I do. What's that? The singing Poro choir. Poro family. family. Singing Poro family. Was it Piero? Piero. Piero. Sorry. So. That is what he sent you? Or well, he said, oh, no, that's, what we oh, no, that's, yeah, that's right. how we chopped it. Oh, do I have the original? That's a good question. Maybe. Um, It'll be on YouTube, right? Oh, yeah, it will be. But, you know, we got it cleared, so this is not a worry. This, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about albums. This, yeah. this is the professional approach to things. Anxiety-inducing yeah. situation yeah. right now. We're like, yeah, can you tell us what it was? But like, we don't know. <laughs> don't say, don't say. It's 
so yeah, it's just the intro of that flipped. Yeah. Put a thing down, That's flipped it. it and reversed it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the intro, it's basically just the intro because it goes into a very different song. Yeah. That, that's amazing because you wouldn't really guess, you know, because you reverse it, it has a whole yeah. other quality to it. It becomes yeah. something ethereal and, yeah. and heavenly. Yeah, right. No, as heavenly as they sound there anyway. Yeah. But um, no, yeah. It's an amazing track. But I think that's the beauty of the, the organelle. It's sort of, there's a there's a certain randomness to it mm -hmm. that you sort of, you don't mm -hmm. really know what it's going to chuck back out at you. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we started playing with it, it was like, oh, wow, this is, this is different. You sort of went in Wrote to quite it, quickly. Yeah, yeah, straight was, away, was, yeah. You know maybe five, 10 minutes, but a lot yeah. of it was just like, it obviously felt like an angsty thing. And then it just started to reel off yeah. Yeah. this feeling. You're playing drums actually on the original demo, right? On the original one, yeah. It was like yeah. a lot faster because it mm -hmm. sort of, thing about that sample is sort of, it kind of, just the way we chopped it, it sort of suggested its own tempo. And mm -hmm. then so I'll play the original thing. Hang on. So that is Nick on drums. Yeah. Just playing along to the sample. Yeah. Listen, turn, turn, aye, let me tell you what I hate, aye, I hate the pressure on my plate, aye, I hate the feel of being late, aye, I hate the feel that I should wait, Just, I hate the feeling I was bait, I hate the man who wanna make America great, aye, I hate the feeling when they live in heaven's gates, I hate the man who wanna make America great, I hate greatness, aye, I hate patience. I so hate these are the first words that came to you then, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's crazy to listen to, actually. I hate Satan. I hate bacon. Yeah, yeah. This is just a stream of the song was a stream of consciousness, but this was like complete off the top of my head, pretty much, you know. I hate another fucking sequel to another movie when I haven't seen the prequel. I hate Diesel. I hate the men that's been deceitful. Yeah, yeah. I said I hate Diesel. I hate the man who's been deceitful. Yeah, yo, I hate this. Uh, I hate the feeling I can fake this. I hate the feeling need a facelift. Uh, I hate the people in the spaceship. To tell the truth, I wish I'd leave it there when they did. But, I but it, it's really interesting to hear it because it, it's such an exercise in thinking something through, isn't it? You know, yeah. So you're coming up with a whole variety of different things that you hate. Yeah. But you know, then trying to work out, actually, what am I trying to say here? Mm. And then honing that yeah. and whittling that down. But it's crazy because listening to this now, because I'm so used to the original, like, you know, what came. This to me sounds better now, you know? Like I kind of, <laughs> you're always going to be one of the bits that you don't choose. But you know what it was? Like over this process, it's no secret, man, that I was listening to Kendrick Lamar a lot. And I was so inspired by how seriously he was taking the refinement of his music, you know? And I think that on my first two albums, they were really just free thought. You know, we'd sit in a room, we'd make an idea and then I'd be like, that's it. You know, we captured the moment, that's it. And I'd never really felt like with music with movies is different to me and all these other things you know that are dabbling i'd always found like you know you have your idea and then you work at it for ages to make it perfect but with music i'd always felt like it was something that was just splashed out and it's no secret really that kendrick changed that for me because i was like holy shit you can actually have your initial idea and then begin to refine and go no i don't like that word i want to say this word instead i, I want to focus more on this i want it to build to this crescendo so that it can connect to this song later and whatever and so this was the first song where I was able to exercise that, you know, to go, I know what the song's about and I know the rough theme, but exactly what I say, I'm going to agonize over. And actually it took a really long time. That's why I wish, it took three years. Wish right. I, yeah, I wish I didn't. Right. <laughs> kind of wish I'd never listened to Kendrick Lamar honestly at this point. No, but it ends, the, the finished result is so powerful, Thank you know, you. and there seems to be such brutal honesty to it as well. Mm. You know, you are 
picking arguments with yourself, mm-hmm. but picking arguments with society, with your friends, with everybody yeah. in, a, in a way, because you're analyzing it so yeah. deeply. And I find it really, really powerful. You no, know? And you. it's really interesting to hear. And also because you flip it also with, uh, I'll tell you what I love, mm-hmm. you No, know? and put in a few things, a few positives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that came later, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't at the beginning. But it seems to me, listening to Hugo, the album, is this an angrier Loyal Kana that you're bringing to the world? Or are you just allowing yourself to explore things further? I think just allowing myself to be a 360, right? Because mm-hmm. I think before I was so conscious of putting my best foot forward or trying to come across, you know, calm and considered at all times. And it's not human, you know? So it's not necessarily that this is like, hey, this is my darker side and well, you know, watch me go, you know? But like, it's definitely like whenever there's been moments in the studio or at times in the process, three years, a long time, where I've been going through bad patches, which is, you know, normal, but definitely there was maybe more bad patches than good ones at, at points, leaning into that as opposed to going, I can't create now, you know, because I have, you know, an image to upkeep and I have a responsibility to inspire the next generation who listened to me to feel like, you, you know, I think it was linked with the birth of my son and, and all of that, that I was, I kind of finally felt like I had to completely be honest and be a true reflection of myself, like unashamedly and not be afraid of what people would think and the judgment I might get because I needed my son to grow up and know that it was okay, you know, for there to be beauty and the ugliness, you know, for it to be okay to be, yeah, not perfect. You get me? So that was where I think this and quite a few of the other songs came from was just a leaning into the humanity of the situation and not trying to make it perfect. Yeah. Well, it really packs an impact and I think will provide food for thought for a long time. Appreciate, you know? appreciate that. Yeah. I think it's going to have uh, quite an effect on people. I think so many people will, will hear these songs and think, oh, that kind of rings true or that links into something that I've experienced or uh-huh. my friend or, you know, and that will cause quite a lot of discussion, but with banging tunes, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, right. you know, the music sounds amazing. So you say that the music also evolved. I mean, while Ben was working away, honing the exact words he wanted to deliver, mm. were you working on the music at the same time? Well, I think it was, all, it was always quite an open conversation. And I think as the lyrics were getting sort of, they're evolving and getting refined, the music had to sort of reflect that as accurately as possible. And I think it was... You know, stuff that didn't quite fit maybe with what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I think, again, part of the evolution as well was, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were heavily involved in the sort of direction of the music in like, well, this needs to match the feeling of, of hate and anger and it's, maybe it's a bit too nice. And then we'd obviously have the time, obviously, because of lockdown at the time, we, were, we could explore that. And that's when, you know, you'd invite people down and we'd try out various other versions. We'd slow it down, we'd speed it up. Mm-hmm. And then I think, obviously, you do get, to a point sometimes and you're like, well, there's now nine different versions and you get a bit of a spin, yeah. but ultimately it gets it to the best place. So I think it was like, yeah, a long process with the music sort of evolving. And I think after a little while sitting with it, you were like, these need to feel a bit more aggressive. And I think that's when we got Richard Spaven down and we replaced the drums and slowed it down and made it a oh, bit yeah, more. True. That's even before we'd even linked up with Quest. Before, yeah, before we, so this, this had already like, gone through one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that. Cause I thought we, because yeah. do you know what actually, so we had the initial idea, this one, the stream of consciousness. And then, you know, I played it to, I think, Mike Haranoff, mm-hmm. who's an A&R at Transgressive, but a good friend of ours too, but he was heavily involved in the process, bouncing back and forth. And he was like, this is wicked, there's something in this. So I played it to Spaven and he played drums over it. And while he was jamming over it, yeah. then I started writing again. And then I, oh, that was, that yeah, was yeah. when I was like, no, 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 there is something lyrically the psych in here. So that was already the first process of refinement back and yeah. forth. Yeah, And that actually began that began the process of me writing 
whilst Baven was playing because I found a real affinity with him that while he was feeling things out on the drums as he was you know adding little ghost notes and it was never the same you know like like a Jay Diller beat you know how it's always moving it's not quantized it allowed me to find little pockets of magic in between little moments are we up to hear any of those yes Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So much slower as so well, isn't it? Slower, yeah. I think it was about 10 BPM yeah, slower. Because yeah, then they sped him up. What did we land on? I can't remember. It was like 101. Yeah, it was um, 101 BPM. No, crazy. Probably 101.253. Yeah, 104. Let me tell you what I hate. I, I hate the pressure on my plate. I hate the feel of being late. Straight, I hate the feeling I should wait. Uh, I hate my face getting bait. I hate the man who wanna make America great. Straight, I hate the man who wanna make America great. I hate greatness, no patience. Hate space, but I wanna feel weightless. I hate the weight on these shoulders. So, which version are we at now then? Oof, uh, two. This is probably the second, but I mean. Tempted to say there was like one before this, but mm. yeah, this was I say version two because the biggest difference. We slowed it right down. Yeah, got Spaven on it, and it was kind of it was this for a while yeah. before we were like, no, no, we need to do some more yeah. to it. And we mm. got, you know, we got people down, and there was brass on it, and then that didn't feel oh, yeah, quite right. Yeah. And there was you know, Morgan as well. Morgan came Morgan, played on it. Yeah, Blue sped it up. We looked up Blue. Yeah. he sped it up. It we went like yeah, it's got to be faster. A lot of the motions. It's interesting though how you had to try out so many different variants and also mm. get so many people involved to bring different things. Because yeah. it's difficult then to say, oh, well, we did get him down, but that didn't work. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm. Yeah, do you know what? It was the first time, you know, I was saying to Tomo on the way down here that like, if we'd have done this for my first album or my second album, there would have been not really much process. Like the process yeah. was, I wrote it, I came in, or we wrote it in the room. You know, there was mm. never really much like back and forth for refinement. Yeah. So. It was really new, I think, to me, particularly. I know that both of these guys had done stuff like this before. But yeah, it was so alien to me to have an idea and for it not to just be finished, which was exciting, but exhausting, you know, because you're like, I'm used to being able to move on, but we'd keep coming back to these ideas. And But yeah, I don't know kind of where the, the need to keep pushing it came from. It just was like a yeah, collective. It was particular, with this song particularly, yeah. of all the songs on the record, mm -hmm. this one was just went through so many different mm. iterations. We just couldn't put it down, I think, because like as it was, it wasn't right. I think a few people outside of us three and us three, when we moved from Hackney Road to the Livingston to really finish it, we had them all up on a whiteboard and we would decide and you know make cases for the tunes that should be and which one should die. And a few times we cut this off because I was I was like for about two weeks I was like this song is rubbish, man. There's no point releasing this song, and so we just scrapped it. And then we came back to it because there was a piece missing of the album. And then we scrapped it again. And then we came back to it again. Do you know, we just couldn't get it right, but we knew that we had to. And then I remember when we actually did get it right, it kind of unleashed all of this mm. creative energy to finish everything else because this yeah. was really holding us back because right. it was such an obstacle, I guess. Like pulling the cork out. Yeah, yeah, get me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it was just literally, we just had enough, just about enough time away from it mm. to get a new perspective on it. It's an interesting thing. When you just the very title, Hate, you know, that says so much, you know, that's such a powerful word. Mm -hmm. And so if you are going to work from that, what are you going to do? How are you going to articulate that? Yeah. So so mm -hmm. say if you were Rage Against the Machine, yeah. then maybe the answer is more simple in that their band name even speaks a lot yeah. about mm -hmm. what they're going to sound like. Mm -hmm. And similarly, if you were going to use hate in a 
punk context, then you could reflect that with a kind of yeah. punky energy. Yeah. But but you're doing something uh, kind of much more subtle here, I think. Mm. You know, and also because your your general music has a certain kind of tempo, a certain feel. Mm. Then how do you tackle that subject? Yeah. Mm. Rage Against the Machine was a big influence actually on this on this project as well. Everyone had been telling me to listen to them for a long time, and I just never I just missed it. And then we watched Nick and our friend Greg, director Greg, Greg Hackett. He showed me the video of them playing at Reading, and it just blew my mind. I'd never, I'd, you know, I know it's super obvious, but I just had never seen it. And I think we were trying to find, I was trying to find a way of expressing that energy, but through something that was believable and meaning for me, you know, because mm. I couldn't do what they're doing in the same way they couldn't do what I do, you know. But um, I knew I wanted a piece of that. I think that yeah. became a bit of a turning point. I remember yeah. when you watched that, it was like, what is this? This is like, how do I incorporate this, but still keep it, you know, authentic to myself? Yeah. And I think that sort of, it definitely did really inform what you were able to do going forward. It was like, was it freedom? Yeah. Because they I just didn't really push it. it. Yeah. Don't give a fuck. Yeah. 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 For real. And I think that was obviously like something that inspired you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Do you have those versions, Nick? Or I mean, any, I'm just, I guess I'm kind of curious to hear the light ones that were rejected. Because they yeah. didn't reflect yeah. the mood right. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, how you managed to then turn that into a heavier, darker thing. I mean, I think that was mostly just because the drums, you said, felt too skippy. I think that was the yeah. sort of like, yeah. it was a bit, felt a bit nice. And I, that's, mm. that's, that's what I think the main mm. difference was. Let me just try and find And then we ended up there. making them electronic very yeah, briefly. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. That's, that's an interesting one to play. Do you know what else we did at the end of that as well? Is we had that whole extra outro of the choir. And then I ended up repurposing that. During the first verse, it kind of became almost yeah. like a, an element that kind of moved yeah. around. But I think it's probably, maybe it had its biggest switch up when we first came to, to live. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The only other change that would be there would have been, um, we just added sax, robo hands, multi-instrumentalist, solo guy, he, wicked guy. He came through and played some sax over it. But again, it just didn't work. We were trying to reinforce the the line, the boom, boom, boom. Mm. But it, it just, yeah. It, it felt almost like too musical. It's like yeah. It didn't want to be... Too musical it just wanted to be like mm. just a bit grittier yeah more, more visceral mm. yeah we were trying to make it at one point we we're trying to make it sound like p's and q's by kano right because we were like you know this is like that was it like this is what it's going to be but it just didn't want to be that it was weird because this is also the first time we've been working live you know like having jams a lot of the stuff i'd ever made before except for with quiz the exception of that it was all beats you know like linking up with people all done on the computer mm. so to have the control of everything you know like to go hey actually yeah let's bring in this so let's bring that out when you're working with samples and only samples that are heavily musical you can't do that you can now with moises that was our secret shout out to moises mm. shout out to i don't really want to put that out there but you know you've got to share these things <laughs> yeah. so more music can be made but yeah, so Mo what's that <laughs> moises moises is a um it's like a mastering software an online mastering software that i came across but what we found is that it also has a separation tool so you can upload any mp3 essentially and because it's tapping into different i don't understand mastering that much but whatever it's doing it allows you to isolate all of these different frequencies so it can give you the bass on its own the drums on its own so we were kind of in this narnia for a little bit where we'd find a sample and it'd be too busy and then go cool give a fuck we'll just, we'll just remove it we actually had to use it for georgetown and nobody knows as well. and nobody knows yeah yeah but yeah for georgetown we didn't have any uh, when madlib sent us the tune sent me the beat it didn't give me any stems and so we had to put it through the processing so that we could get the bass so we could mix it differently. You still get a ton of artifacts from after mm. separating the sounds. Mm. Mm. So also you still get bits of, it's just a really kind of alias-y kind of 
and I feel that added a really nice texture to yeah, to the yeah. kind of electronic, yeah. kind of made bit, it bit like, gnarly, out of space, kind of janky. Yeah, yeah. But maybe the best thing to play next would have been when we linked up with Quez. Yes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got the one with the with kind of the trap drums. Yeah. Because I've got two versions. I've got a version where it's a mixture of Spaven's drums yeah, yeah, with yeah, some yeah. of the ele electronic drums underneath uh, during the second verse. Yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah. a version that's just the electronic drums. I think the electronic drums maybe make sense. Yeah, I think it's, I'll play that one. So it's also sped up as well by 4 BPM. So weird to not hear the drums in the intro. Yeah, I know. You keep going for it, innit? Oh, everything I love ain't anything above. It is what it is. Yeah, it was what it was. I'm like the dove that flew too close to the sun and he knew deep down there was nothing he could do. It's fuck because the sun was you. Uh, true. Still, I tell you what I hate though. The same fellas getting bodied by the plain clothes. Same niggas that will follow on it's the way home. hear a different vocal performance as well. Follow on the way home. Uh, put a jacket in your raincoat. Trying to take something that ain't dope. It's painful. A time Shit. Shit. Jones is sick. Yeah, we were in it. We were in it. Oh, this bit cold, yeah. I love the fact that my plate's full. I love the money in my bank. It's disgraceful. So many zeros. I brush shoulders with so many heroes. Lost count, still hold those De Niro's. Trying to Does this have the bit at the end in the second verse? Oh, yeah. Oh, Quez, the, um, yeah oh, yeah. Quez went crazy on this. Yeah, and, then, and I think in the mix with um, Spaven, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. some crazy stuff in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just want to play the ending of that one as well. It's yeah, yeah, definitely. Like a weird ending. Yeah. I said I fucking hate time. Yeah. Yeah, and yo, they said that it was all that you could be if you were black, playing ball or maybe rap. But this was kind of, even though we're saying that it was, you know, this was when we started trying to amp it up, this is actually, sounds to me now, a lot more delicate than, you know, the electronic drums in my head were supposed to make it hard hitting, but it actually kind of removed the energy, which is why we got pissed off again, because we're like, okay, the live drums don't work. The electronic drums are making it feel even less, you know, animated. Where do we go next? So then we, I think, yeah, the next thing was we put them together. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the Mona Trump stuff. I see men hit women who hit back or them couldn't give a shit women My lips crack in the back with a sip stinging Trust looking for that big bringing Listen yo I fear women uh, I fear love, religion I fear drugs, the feeling I fear us, fear us nearing the end But I can't comprehend my fears, wisdom I fear There's more him. of this as well, it keeps going though. Yeah. I fear the colour of my skin I fear the colour of my kin I still feel the colour that's within Like Who you trying to fool? I'm the exception to the rules, don't remember me at all You don't remember me at all, saying who you trying to fool You don't remember me at all, the exception to the rule Yo, they said that it was all that you could be if you were black Playing ball or maybe rap Man, this is fucking me up, man <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a good way or a bad way? <clears throat> I mean, in a bad, no, no, no just, just, you know what it is, it's that like, um it's just it's so funny to game now we've got proper perspective on it yeah you know there's so many moments in there that we probably were so savage with that could have stayed you know sometimes but i think we had such a particular vision for the entire project as a whole and i think it was useful for it because as you can see anything can go in a million different mm. directions mm. you have to decide mm. you know yeah and so time and time again we were like this is too long because yeah some of the tracks clocking at like five minutes six yeah. minutes because there's so many ideas in there mm. there's only so much that Especially now that a brain can take in one go. So. Yeah. 
I love that bit. That was a bit that really hurt that we cut. I understand why oh, we well, cut the, it. Just the, 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 yeah, the, the Melotron. Yeah. Because it was so delicate. Well, we made it. We moved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's a bit buried. Yes, yeah, we did. No, we yeah. did, you're right. Let me just play you this other version quick where it's a mix of Spaven and electronic drums. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of kick in from around the second verse onwards. And then these, these ones are more fat as well than the other ones. Then you just played, aren't they? Because the ones you're about to play, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're layered. So that's when yeah, you had yeah, like yeah. almost like an eight oh eight. Yeah, so like I'd done some triggering. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I put triggers on the um, Spaven's yeah. drums and then played on top as well. And yeah. this one was the one for a long time, actually, wasn't it? They were all the one for a very long time. No, but this three one, years, this, but this one was years. the first one where I was like, okay, now we've got something that taps into yeah. loads of different places. And there's kind of there's like a toppiness to it that kind mm-hmm. of yeah. made it sound. I don't know. I don't want to say radio ready, but like more kind of Jeez, like fire well, audio. <laughs> radio <Yeah>. ready. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's an intro. intro as well. oh, I was sad to lose the intro. Loud, I was I sad to lose the intro. That's so sick. Fuck. Sounds kind of like, like national anthem a little bit. Mm. After grand. Still walking out of it, innit? I am everything I love. Oh, yeah. Ain't anything above. It is what it is. Was what it was. I'm like the dove that flew too close to the sun, and he knew deep down there was nothing he could do. It's fuck because the sun was you. Still, I tell you what I hate though. No, that's so different to what I was even expecting as well. So this, no, this is a different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the like the one that had the fat like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. I love the fact that they're so fucking grateful. I love the fact. I mean, I'm thinking of a, a hate suite. Yeah, nice. So there should be a half hour version that you put out there, which <laughs> which mutates in different ways. Yeah. And also for uh-huh. live, you know, there's so many options. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm True. also hearing this song as a, a last poet style wow. piece, mm. you know, with just a percussionist. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. you delivering your words. And also because of the scope of it, you can bring in so many different subjects again and again, yeah, yeah. you know, as the years go by. Mm. I think it's really interesting. And also, I mean, as an opening track to your album, when you open and say, let me tell you what I hate, yeah. that is a surprise. Yeah. I think that is has a lot of weight to it. I keep thinking it's going to be really impactful yeah. because, because it's like, that's not Lord Karna. You know, yes. he, he doesn't tell us what he hates. Yes. He's got lots of nice things to say. You know, and he, says, he talks about his mum. And, and, yeah. and I don't mean to... <laughs> no, 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 but that, that's, that was exactly yeah. my, my thinking of this process. Mm. The Last Poets was also a massive influence. It's funny, everything you bring up is... It's just, they're all there. We, My neighbour, Joe, Joe People, who used to own a record shop, were very close and he was playing me a lot of records over lockdown. And he gave me a few of the Last Poet records and... There's one poem on, I can't remember what it is, what the album's called, but the poem is called Just Because. And it's just, you know, there's a whole song about being black and saying just because you're black. Mm. But then at the very end, it says, you know, the person who's looking for something to die for because they're going to die anyways because they're black. And yeah, I, I don't know. I found it for a lot of this. There was many times when we were in the studio that we tried to recreate that point blank, like word for word. 
the drums, you know, percussion and me speaking. Mm. And we made loads. There was one I wrote at the marches mm. that I recorded someone else playing drums and we sampled that down and then re-recorded what I'd written there. Yeah, we were going crazy on, on that for ages. But then we felt like it had been done so perfectly that the only way to take the influence was to try and evolve it, you know, because mm. it would be a disrespect, I felt like, especially on record, to do what they'd done. Because it's impossible to to be as, not thoughtless, but, you know, like free as they were over those drums. I would have tried to find pockets of rhythm and, you know. Um, but yeah, Last Poets really were a huge inspiration. Fascinating. Yeah, so I got Oh, yeah, I, I paused it, but I was going to, shall I play the midsection or shall I play towards the end? Is this a really long one? It's not as long as shorter, but there's just like a real, really kind of wild ending that yeah, we ended yeah, up just like yeah. Yeah, everything starts to like melt. Yeah, here it goes. This is where we pulled up. And Quez is like, I've worked on the outro, what do you think, what do you think? Do you go on stage to play guitar, can you do this on guitar? I yeah. Don't either. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just the oh, most yeah. intense. It's interesting yeah. though, because it's, it's just like, we just live this. elements that could just be, you know, extracted and then just brought to the stage, you could hear it, right? It does work though, I mean, it's yeah. kind of exciting having this free-form, freak-out mm. yeah. section. Yeah. Sort of. A lot of sleepless nights for Chris sort of. during yeah. this process. Well, just as a, you know, it's almost like the the sound equivalent of no, all the right. confusion and yeah. frustration. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. No, it was, this, I think this is it. We pushed it. We just kept pushing it mm. as far as we could because we knew we wanted to make people uncomfortable as well. You know, it wasn't like, because of my music, it's, you know, it's like easy listening usually. The album, you put it on in the background, you don't have to focus on what I'm saying. And we wanted it to be a thing where if it came on, you had to listen to what was going on as opposed to just going, yeah, it's some, you know, you wouldn't know if the songs had skipped, you know, to the mm. next one or whatever. Especially yeah. with being track one on the record. Once yeah. we sort of established that, it was like, yeah, it became about setting the tone for the rest of the record as well, which obviously is quite live based for a lot of it. So it wanted to just sort of give hints to that. That's why I think we sort of didn't want to go full electronic and just wanted yeah. to hint towards yeah. live stuff yeah. as well. And I can see why, you know, you would have walked away from it as well, because it, it becomes such a defining statement. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, because obviously when you, talk about the nurses and teachers and the fear element is really interesting too because mm. that's another contrasting thing to the you know hate and love mm. and fear because that you know leads to our hates or our loves you know it, that kind of causes yeah. a lot of that stuff and you're you're exploring that and i guess with the trapped bit that kind of refers to that last poet's um mm. you know conclusion that it's yes. like oh no he's gonna die anyway yes yes so we're trapped you know yeah, no matter yeah. what our fears or hates or loves or mm. we're in a prison yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. optimistic yeah. No. Yeah, yeah i get i don't know it was such a hate yeah i was in such a bad spot when i wrote like, you know honestly also you know i was realizing slowly that you know a lot of my hatred was rooted in fear you know so i was so i had such issue with a lot of stuff the stuff i line out in the tune is it's all true but it wasn't that I really hated these things. You know, I just was so scared of what they might do to me, you know, and how they could hurt me. That I was essentially trying to hurt them before they hurt me, you know, which mm. is age old thing. But it was so special for me to have the space to write like this with, you know, with Nick and with Quez, because never before had I felt like, you know, this honesty was always in my music, but this side of it, you know, to kind of really go like, hey, I'm not really, not really feeling it, this at the moment, you know, 
this life. So like, it was quite a beautiful thing to let it out because the catharsis of, of doing it pushed us further and further to a better place. You know what I mean? Mm. So I owe a lot to this album. And especially I owe a lot to like the first couple of tunes because those tunes, in and among some other songs that will never see the light of day, you know, that was really me working through some shit. And I felt very lucky and feel very lucky to have that as an output, you know, because a lot of people want to say that same thing, but either they can't say it or they don't have a space to say it. Yeah, it's fascinating to hear about how much you had to work through to, yeah. to get to it. Yeah. And yet, you know, it, the final version does pull it all off really well and still leaves a window of hope in there too. Yeah, I think that, that was kind of where we were heading for it was, you know, I couldn't call it anything else because it wasn't anything else. But then it was such a pressure, not something I thought about at the time, but defo afterwards when people would say it, I was like, that's a big word to use, you know. But I think that we would ma managed to do the word justice by allowing it to be complex. Because, it, you know, you don't just hate anything. Mm. And it also comes from a place of, there was a big, like a tag word that came around in the album loads of times that I read in a book by Lem Cisse called My Name Is Why, about mm. his time in the care system. And he says that hurt people hurt people. And, and it really resonated with me a lot and has allowed me to forgive my pops and loads of shit in my life. But I thought that, that was a really big part of the hate, you know, that like people who hate people have been hated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's so easy to just take what you're given and pass it straight to the next person. So the reason it was at the beginning of the album was like, okay, this is where I'm at. When you start this album, when you meet me, the character, Lorcana, you know, not me now, cause I'm cool. But like when you get to the start of the album, that is the person you're dealing with, a person that hates everything and has no kind of love for much. Cause that's where I was at. And even in the song that begins to fade and, and, and shift into an understanding of, okay, why am I like this? You know, why am I so frustrated? So it had to be at the start of the album and had to be the first single because you can't, you can't come to that. You know, you don't want anyone to arrive at this moment. It has to be something that you establish and then spend the rest of the time breaking apart, you know? Yeah. And you follow that song with Nobody Knows, which is maybe that should be the next song we look at. Yeah. So maybe we should just hear that a tiny bit of the end of Hate of the finished of version. Of the finished version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so many versions. Do you want to hear that? You can play it if you want. I, I mean, I don't. I'll just play that real I, I quick. Imagine, I imagine we played. I think it was <laughs> twentieth September. <laughs> bounce. Just in the second verse, Quez yeah. went extra crazy. Yeah, Terrible yeah, yeah, that's the first one I'm all in my head, but I was like, yeah, I'm glad we pushed further. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm glad to hear that. That was good. I'm glad we heard that, actually, because, yeah, <laughs> oh, that was shit. <laughs> from me, from me, not from you. I like the beat. I wanted to use that for a different thing, actually, because we were so sad to let that bit go. Oh, yeah, 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 that section. Yeah, but then it just didn't fit anyway. We tried, I think we tried to make a whole new tune out of that at some point. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Sorry, that was so many versions. Fascinating, though. Oh, yeah, let me find a master. But yeah, this one. So the end of hate, you want to hear? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a sunrise sample at the end as well. Oh. The man that 
all the way from the sun. That's the sun roll sample. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, fantastic. So that is hate. We're going to take a quick break, and then the next song we're going to look at is Nobody Knows. The next song we're going to look at from the new Lord Karna album, Hugo, is Nobody Knows. And I think Quez has the master lined up for us to have a listen to. I told the black man he didn't understand I reached the white man he wouldn't take my hand I sat alone in the shadows of a man with my eyes closed Told myself I should have ran I'm the boss and I'm supposed to have a plan But can't think till I figure who I am Are you lost huh? or are you just another man Sitting in my sunshine trying to catch a tan Listen, outside I can feel the sun's rain I love it, inside I was bumping John Wayne Made peace, you can never say the wrong name ADHD, say my life's one long game And don't fuck it up, say reveal nothing Guys I used to run with a steady still puffing But what did they expect? It is Nobody Knows by Loyal Karna from Hugo and I guess the first question is around the sample because the sample is such a big part of the song and I'm assuming, I mean a bit like with Hate, you said in a way that kind of started with a sample triggering reaction. What about this one? Do you know what, this one actually, I don't know if you have that, maybe you do, but I was in bed one morning and I was flicking through on my laptop, you know, Samples, I was listening to some Kanye West, like Life of Pablo, and I came across Pastor T.L. Barrett and I heard this song and I just wrote to the song. So the entire, like, didn't really even sample it because I can't sample, but I found this sample and I just started writing and writing and writing and yeah, found it highly emotional. So mm. I, you know, I came into the studio with Nick and Chris was there as well, Rebel yeah. Cliff, and we set about trying to chop it up. I had a bit of an issue because because it's obviously it's in the church, it's not to click. So we tried to chop bits from the, like any bits with space, we're trying to piece together, but they were just all completely different tempos, you know, and we were cutting between them. Yeah, I don't know what's the earliest one you'd have for that, but there's probably that, right? Yeah, it was, that, it was just sort of a mangled kind of rough arrangement. And um, we just sort of pieced it together with the sort of intention of like, oh, well, we'll just, we'll flesh it out to get the, you know, the lyrics down and then we'll kind of revisit it. And if we want to sort of work on it further, we can, but... Mm kind of the more we listened to it, it was like, there's a real rawness to this. And obviously you wrote it to just a sample on its own. And it was like, this feels good. Like what more would you want to do with it? Mm. Like I think the intention was for it to be rough. Like you, you didn't want to get on a posh mic or do anything like that. It was like, I think we just did it in the control room with a 57. You were talking a lot about like the Earl Sweat shirt sort of sound and like yeah, having some, it sound. Some rap bit, songs. Yeah. I think yeah. it just come out, it was like out that year or, or something. Maybe yeah. it came out a bit before, but I was heavy into that as well. And Earl Sweatshirt is someone to hold up, you know, almost at the top of the best rappers of all time, I think, and where he's pushing things now lyrically and in such an abstract way, but still a listenable way. But yeah, there was something particularly about the way he was manipulating his vocal on some rap songs that I I really enjoyed because it felt raw, but it still felt, you know, processed and with care. You know what I mean? It wasn't like someone who didn't care about it. It was like someone who does care, but also is relinquishing that perfectionism a little bit on themselves. So... That's definitely why we were heading for that for a long time. Yeah, I can play the sort of, I think probably with the earlier, earliest version I've got, just with the rough vocal. 
I'm feeling like I don't deserve this Trust, there's something sitting in my mind Sighting the niggas in my spine like a first kiss It's from the woman that you never thought you'd find and so is the drum track, is that from the sample as well, right? Lost eyes looking for a purchase, trust, but still you're coming up worthless, son. I tried the white man, he couldn't understand. Reached to the black man, he wouldn't take my hand. So I sat alone with another hundred grand, trying to fit clothes, trying to fool myself that I'm the man, I'm the boss, son. And I'm supposed to have a plan, but can't think till I figure who I am. Am I lost trust, or am I just another man? Sitting in my sunshine, trying to catch a tan check uh, cause outside I I think we ended up switching back to this one yeah because of the drum yeah, yeah. because it was so messed up right guys I used to run with a steady still puffing what did they expect what did they expect hey yo I never used to think of the effect when my dad passed straight biological neglect the other one sunset sitting on the steps I was left mom came heavy in their breath tears on her face transferring to there'll be a different second verse in this as well mm-hmm. just skip it on actually because that this bit coming in here I think yeah and I would shout mom love means nothing say I want a hug, I want a kiss, I want something See, no, I the chorus, yeah. he didn't take my hand Love those drums, man, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, interestingly enough, is like with the eventual where it ended up like that was the feel that we needed and eventually when we did get mm. the final drums and it was all about capturing that feel yeah. which Morgan Simpson did yeah. when he came in eventually and just absolutely killed it Yeah, Morgan, man Let me hear this Sorry. My father just called me Ah, turns out he's sorry for it all, B My heart breaks when he says he's been a fool Understatement of the years, still I think I'm right cool See, he broken every rule, nothing cool Play the game, black like the night Close my eyes, let him say my name But it's the pain, saying I'm scared of his love It's a shame, if he loves me, who am I to blame? Who do I blame when I lose the thing that saves me? Who do I blame when I'm shouting at my lady? Who do I blame for my own soul? Come as if there's no one else running kind of woman that erase me I put my fingers in the flame and I let it burn Feel the pain, hold the same, just a lesson learned I know that everything can change if you let it There's nothing to regret, didn't ever get a second turn Black woman Hell yeah. <laughs> It's interesting because just because it's hard to work out what chops you have done to the original because it just yeah. sounds like they're all performing behind you. Yeah, you know yeah, that you've yeah, got yeah. up in church and and you, you happen to have the choir yeah. and uh, Pastor Barrett there, you know, and uh, he invited you. So uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Lord Carney. He's going to do some <laughs> yeah. special stuff for us yeah, yeah, yeah. because it just has that whole feel, yeah. you know, mm. which works so well on that version. But it's trying to work out you've got some decisions to make about what you need and what you can use and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And also, I mean, did you have any, because in a way this song is reasonably well known, yeah. you know, and Pastor Barrett has been sampled a few mm-hmm. different times by different people mm-hmm. over time, including Kanye, as you yes, say. Yes. But I think this has all been repressed recently and re-released on vinyl. Mm-hmm. So there's a little push behind those right. re-releases in the last year, because I think I, I partly heard of it because of Sounds of the Universe, <laughs> I subscribed to their yeah, mailing yeah. list and they you know, they had some fresh vinyl copies. You know, and, and, Brilliant, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. We saw his tiny desk, like not long after we kind of were getting the song finished. There's a tiny like, desk with Pastor yeah, yeah. Barrett. We were like, fuck, because mm-hmm. they used this, they used the tune as well. Right. It was already bait, but then it was like, yeah, oh, we're done, we're here now, you know, we'll do what mm-hmm. we can. But no, it was annoying because it's like, you know, with any sample you find it and then you try and find out how obscure it is or whatever. But with what I was writing about and how it made me feel, I kind of couldn't, 
find the way to substitute another beat or another instrumentation over. It just had to be this. So mm. yeah, it was one of those nice moments where the music made the decision for us that it wasn't contrived or tried to be complicated. Yeah, well, it's so powerful and then doubly powerful because of what you're saying on, on top of it. So what happened next? I think we sort of, again, similarly to Hate, we tried a few different ideas. We had um, Femi and Rudy Kreswick come in and sort of try and do, yeah. uh, replay it. And it sounded great, but it was like, like we were saying with the fills and the, and the feeling of just being at a church with the choir behind you and it all being a little bit mishmashed and sort of that feeling wasn't quite captured. And I think yeah. we've landed on the fact that it had to still be the sample, but it was mm -hmm. like, okay, we do want someone to play over it, but. This is Femi from Mesra. Yeah, good friend of mine. Yeah. A former Tape Notes yeah. uh, hey, guest. Alumni. Yeah. yeah. Amazing guy. Yeah. So I think. What I ended up doing was, was taking a sample and tempo mapping it, but maybe every eight bars or so, just to not lose the performance and not get it too rigidly on the grid, because you want those feels to kind of sort of, you know, want to keep a lot of the sway, but obviously you need it to be to a certain tempo if someone's going to try and play over it. So I think ended up just sort of tempo mapping it, and then I think that's where we sent it over to yeah. Quez. Yeah, I just like beefed up the original drums, and then I reinforced it with extra drums and 808s and stuff yeah yeah wasn't there, there was another version crazy remember like the first version when we first linked up on it where we were kind of i don't know what i was listening to i was listening to like trippy red and stuff at the time we were like yo maybe this could go to outer space and be almost like like trap infused especially in the second verse remember because there was that yeah. whole that first one you did i don't know if it necessarily ended up like that but it was very different you put a different break on it remember it was the same break what just messed up watch it yeah yeah up. i think should we hear it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's the one. Yeah, if yeah. it's not, I'll, I'll have a look. No, there's, there was a few. Yeah. So this one. Yeah. So is that another sample or is that somebody playing? No, it's the same it? sample, but same I just yeah, I further manipulated it. Right. Oh, wow. Moises to the rescue again a little bit. I told the black man he didn't understand. I reached the white man, he wouldn't take my hand. I sat alone in the shadows of a man with my eyes closed. Told myself I should have ran, I'm the boss. And then I think I added some, um, I repurposed something as as like a shaker or something. I can't remember what it was. Right. There was just something lying around in the studio and I just started. Because it always does this, it could have been keys, <laughs> no, no. a noodle, anything. Yeah. <laughs> anything. Probably tank plastics, actually. <laughs> 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 they were there a lot, they were there a lot. <laughs> Say my last one long game And don't fuck it up, say reveal nothing Guys I used to run with a steady still puffing But what did they expect? Yo, what did they expect? Hey yo, I never used to think of the effect When my dad passed straight by This was when Quez did this At first I was really unsure about this I was like, oh no, I really don't like this Which was kind of the process for all of these songs Is mm. that I was like to Quez, hey, here's my original idea It's a bit rubbish, or like a bit rough on the edges I need you to help me kind of hone it in And we talk about it a lot And then Quez would usually go away first And then we'd establish where we're at in the studio. And every time at the beginning, I'd be like, no, 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 this is not it. It's too electronic or it's too different. And then I play it to everyone else, like girlfriend, Mike, manager, anybody. And they'd all be like, this is sick. This is so much better than where it was at. So it was quite nice for me because pretty much for every tune on the album, my first response was not wrong, but I was so caught in the demo itis that I couldn't see where we were at. Let me tell you why it's tough. Cause all this money ain't enough. Oh, this verse as well. Oh, wait. The long one. Mm. 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 Mm.
story that my grandsons told to his grandsons But my grandsons old, keep your eyes on the road How the plans unfold so different to how you pictured it I think it's really interesting that you could create a different feel to it just by playing around yeah. with the, the drums, the actual original sample, but mm. just kind of mutating it and EQing it or, you know, in whatever way you you did and make it sound different again. Mm. You know, kind of it has a kind of more fresh or, or yeah. kind of more live type yeah. thing Had going we put on. it through Moises at this point, maybe? Yeah, because yeah. then we'd, you were able to, Quez was able to isolate mm. the choir and the drums and removed like the shaker and you know like things that were getting in the way yeah, I was, that was originally in the drums yeah Spaven was talking about this but the shaker to me the other day and was saying that he loves it yeah. I was saying that yeah it was such an issue because the shaker in the original yeah. was so close to the mic yeah. wherever it was in the church and was so like completely out of time mm. so it moved everything else out of time but yeah the Moises really was like the first step and then you were able to yeah take the choir manipulate that yeah. and then manipulate the drums and allow them to be separate are you able to illustrate that at all? I mean, I've got the latest session open where we had Morgan come in. That was your idea as well, to bring Morgan in. Is it? Morgan from Black Mid. Mm. Were you, were you, oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was. But yeah. I think Shout out to Morgan. But man. wasn't Mike considering that too? Also, well, I think Mike was considering it from a but conversation that you yeah. had because we were looking for somebody. Oh. Basically, you know, I was listening to a lot of D'Angelo and was really, I've been reading a lot of um, Questlove's books. And was so in love with him and, and not just his approach to drumming, but just his approach to collaboration. And Mike, A&R Mike, Mike Karanoff, he was like, oh, you should link up with Morgan Simpson because apparently he's like the quest love of the UK. But he was playing at Black Midi at the time. So at first it was hard for me to picture him having like a soulful upbringing musically, you know, mm. because of how abrasive and like challenging and brilliant Black Midi are. And so I spoke to Quez about it and Quez was like, yeah, actually, like, don't sleep on the range of drumming that he has, you know, don't think that he only mm. does this. Yeah, there um, were separate combos, so I didn't yeah, know yeah. you'd spoken to Mike. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Like with Morgan, I first became aware of Morgan via his YouTube videos from years ago. Right, like He used the, to do covers of like Michael Jackson mm -hmm. and just like loads of kind of old soul classics and... Just drumming. Yeah, he was He's like crazy. Just yeah. drumming. He's just and incredible. And he was like, I think, how old was he? I don't think he was even a teenager at that point. Mm -hmm. But I just remember being blown away by how good he was. And then next thing I see him in Black Midi, and um, I was like, yeah, it makes complete sense to me. It's it's so crazy because we kind of came up listening to the same stuff. But yeah, it was just what a beautiful thing to see someone be able to be so free as well. Because, yeah. you know, from what would be expected of him, there's a certain way that, quote unquote, he should play. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But he doesn't care about that. But when he came in, he was just so eager to sit in the pocket and not, you know, like it wasn't about trying to show off yeah. at all. You know, it was like just serving the track. Now he's in incredible as a person as well. What a lovely, like happy, like beautiful soul. Yeah. And so open collaboratively when we linked up, he was just, yeah, is incredible. It would be great. Yeah. I think if we could hear what you did with Moyes and then hear what Morgan then added. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, that. sure. Have you still got the solo in there as well at the end? Morgan's yeah, solo. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember where, where we left it with, from your version. Well, I think it was when I deliver stuff to you I think we'd put it through Moises mm -hmm. and like yeah. we tried a couple breaks and stuff and we you know it was all a little bit boom bappy and not quite sitting right so we basically I think I ended up giving you like guide vocal yeah piano and choir and that was it and we essentially had to sort of you know strip it all back and then it was basically about building it all back up again from scratch in yeah. essence it was the drums was the big thing yeah because we knew that the drums on the original weren't working and we weren't sure if it was the pattern, you know, the groove or the sound. So I think the first thing was like to try and work with what we had 
which is what we did here. And then we brought Morgan in, right? So there was two versions. Yeah. There was one where we had like, yeah, like a reworking of the sample. And then it was like, no, nah, this still doesn't feel right. And then that's when we brought Morgan. Yeah, and Morgan absolutely smashed it. Killed it. Mm. So yeah, this is the version with, with the original intro. Yeah, that was sick. Manobi took that out. I understand why we took that out. For the greater good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of hate. Because they, they essentially do the same thing. Yeah, again, because then the version we bounced out didn't have any piano. Had, there was piano at the very beginning, and then we had the piano cut off mm -hmm. around here. Then they yeah, had yeah, the yeah. piano come back in. So it's like this. So something along those lines, but yeah, um, yeah, we ended up taking Morgan's epic intro out because hate kind of started a similar way mm -hmm. with the stopping, starting drums. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's pretty amazing. I'm gonna isolate Morgan's drums so you can hear him. Just hear how brilliant he is. Yeah, so what do we have going on here? Not nothing much. Just lots of gain staging, making sure nothing's peaking. Yeah, just a bit of EQ here and there, a bit of compression, nothing crazy. But I think most of the sound is actually coming from the overheads. <laughs> Got this D16 decimal plugin, which is really nice. And I like busting stuff as well, so. So I've got all the drums going through a bus here. It's here, usual suspects, in Oxford inflator, valve compressor, a bit of noise on it, and then I had another instance of decimal on, which I then bypassed. And then it's got a limiter on there just to tame some of the peaks. Really not that much going on, it's all, all very simple. And then I've got that going into the main stereo output, which I can't talk too much about. <laughs> but no, it's no usual stuff. You can see it all there, the black box. Basically plug-in alliance stuff. And then yeah, some fab filter stuff. This one is really good actually. It's like a transformer plugin by a company called Kazrug True Iron. It's like 30 quid. Lots of different models of different transformers. Yeah, it sounds really great. Yeah, 30 quid is a proper bargain. <laughs> Do you have a, an equipment website? <laughs> After this, maybe. Yeah, maybe you should. Road tested by yeah. Quest. <laughs> I saw the secret sauce. Yeah. It's going to be a hundred little Quests now. <laughs> yeah, so Morgan did a few takes. Well, he did maybe two, three takes total. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, he absolutely smashed every single one of them. Yeah, they were all different as well. They were all pretty yeah, different. Very different. It was like a quick comp. It was like... Yeah, I didn't really have to get the scissors out too much. Yeah. It was just like, mm -hmm. we'll take this whole first verse, yeah, this yeah. chorus, this second verse, and that was it. Yeah, because he was trying a few different patterns. He was trying to find a different groove, right? And we had, so we kept the acapella in, like the vocal was in there along with the sample. So he was playing along with it and we were just kind of like, yo, just where you feel to sit, kind of give me some space, but also, you know, mm -hmm. take out some space, make it feel like we're in church. And 
yeah, it was a really beautiful balance of that. I think he found that. Oh, yeah. Because there was a couple where, because he pushed it, I think when he first started, he kind of was quite reserved. Then he pushed it really far and then he just sat yeah, in the pocket. Yeah. If you look in the session, it looks like I've chopped it up a whole load, but it's not. Yeah. It's not really that chopped up. It's just kind of mm-hmm. there are a few grooves we found and then the, I took a few grooves and a, a few bars and then just make them really fit around mm-hmm. your vocals. But they, mm-hmm. they're pretty much the, the take. I think yeah, there's a yeah, section yeah. where we muted the drums during the second verse because mm-hmm. we felt it'd be cool to have a, a nice bit of space mm-hmm. because it's quite busy leading up to that point and then bring everything back in yeah. towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Just get people to kind of really um, zero in on your words and, and create a bit of atmosphere. Maybe we should we play that, that section. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of quiz in this section. What are you on here? On the Moog and the Mellotron? Yeah. A bit of both. But yeah, because obviously the drums free up. We were like, you know, there wants to be something there. We had been listening to... Um, the Life of Pablo, the Kanye album, a lot. And really, like, we're enjoying the kind of electronic gospel approach that he had on it. And yeah, kind of, I, I definitely were inspired by that, especially in, in that section of that tune, hmm. to make it feel like an evolution from previous work and, and to, to, like, juxtapose the, I don't know, like the old kind of dusty feeling of the sample, but still make it feel euphoric and hopeful and, I don't want to say churchy, but well, yeah, churchy. Yeah, just come in. I sat alone in the shadows of a man with my eyes closed. Told myself I should have ran on the bus, and I'm supposed to have the plan. But can't think till I figure who I am. Are you lost, or are you just another man sitting in my sunshine? My eyes wide, tears cried, the news lied, but he died. So who am I? So just yeah, just messing with the sample a lot here, kind of panning it in all sorts of places. Got some Mellotron and bass, no bass going on. Sample chops up. But that's the beauty of them, because Ben has kind of separated it in Moises, I could just do a lot more with the sample, mm. rather than just have it play out and make, really kind of make them play with the song. Mm. Yeah. Like they're performing with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Moises, man. Yeah. You know that Serato's doing that now. In live, when you're DJing, you oh, can cool. essentially break this. Oh, what, you can in real stem, time? stem the track in real time, yeah. Amazing. Create like instant remix. So cool. That's awesome. And I guess going back to Morgan, I can play like the outro because he, he did an amazing kind of outro. Yeah. And then we ended up <laughs> we ended taking up it out basically take all the best bits and then just yeah, mute yeah. them right so you're suggesting that you play the outro that you didn't end up including on the album yeah, but yeah, that yeah. would be a special treat for take notes yes it would, oh, yeah, no, it, would be, it would be it would I be. like that idea I like the idea of keeping it in <laughs> for a bonus deluxe version <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, no we took it out we took it out because um, we got into a good we got into a really good pocket of, of refinement I think yes, for all yes. of the music and it was a process that I had never been a part of before. Refinement, really, you know, in, in the work that I guess maybe sometimes in the in the music that me and Quez have made together, but kind of on albums as a whole, it was very much like I would splash out these ideas and then go, cool, they're finished. And that's it. And not kind of go back and go, okay, let me change that word and let me remove yeah. this. We weren't getting trigger happy, but I think this was towards the very end of the process where we were really like slicing any fat, any bit that was oh, like yeah. miscommunicating the message or, you know, was getting in the way of, of the whole running order of the album. And yeah. It was something that we were like, okay, maybe I loved it at the point, but then a few people I played to were like, it's a bit 
I don't know. There was like, oh, is it self-indulgent think, or yeah, is it, it was, like... It just kind of took away from the impact. Mm. Yeah, from the message. The yeah, question was always like, is it essential? Serving, yeah. Is yeah, it yeah, like yeah. serving the song? And sometimes yeah. even though you love it, you know, yeah. sometimes things can be indulgent and it... No, totally. The whole thing became this like concise... Yeah. Yeah, like being as concise as possible, and I think that's why we had to say goodbye to sort of stuff that you love. No, it takes 100%. you back to the session because I remember being like, "No, man, let's keep, <laughs> keep it in." Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's good read. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the idea was to save it for the live show. Yeah, yeah. Was, was that right? Idea. Yeah, yeah. To let it be a moment in a live show and, and let the song actually be delicate and yeah, solemn as it ends. Yeah, yeah, and not so triumphant. Yeah. So maybe we hear a tiny bit of that ending and then go into the drum outro. Let's do that. There you go. Morgan Simpson. That's Morgan Simpson, yeah, man. Right, well, we'll move on to Plastic, I yes. think. So we're going to take a quick break, and the next song we're going to look at is Plastic. The next song we're going to look at is Plastic, and I think we're going to hear a bit of the master yes. before we dig deep. Plastic queen, like a plastic man in a plastic house of a plastic dream. Clinging to a plastic screen, face lit from a plastic beam. Face hurts from a plastic smile and plastic days of plastic scenes. Yeah, plastic scenes, uh, in elastic jeans. Matching your plastic shirt that you bought last week for your plastic team. You don't know what the plastic means, don't know what the plastic's been. Don't know who the plastic hurts, don't know who the plastic seen. Look at you with your plastic watch, yeah, and your plastic whip. Uh, with your plastic friends, yeah, and your plastic chick, yeah, your plastic You can really get lost in the music there. And now, after I've gone through a couple of tracks already, I can't tell whether that is just you with the band in the room or whether you've cleverly manipulated a sample or samples to create that groove. How did it start? What's happening? That was some of the best days I think we had over the process of this. That's with Alpha, Alpha Miss, Rocco Palladino, Richard Spaven, and... Yeah, we just had a series of jams and I think that's just, I don't know what day that is, maybe it says on there, but it's just in the middle of... I think it was one of the first days, yeah. if maybe the second day. Yeah, so that that was really where I kind of tapped in, I don't know, and kind of enjoyed making music again for the first time in ages. But yeah, it's just, we were just jamming out ideas and what I loved was how quick they were. So that whole idea came about in like 20 minutes. I think I wrote it while they were finding it and then I just ran straight in, recorded it one time and that was like... The genesis of that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So think, in effect, you're hearing them have a, a jam together yeah. and that's firing off some ideas in your yeah. head and then suddenly plastic, the word pops into your mind and yeah. then you got the song. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That, that was, does sound ridiculously simple, yeah. but that's creativity. I, I think that's the beauty of it. That's why I was so excited when we found that process because that was exactly how I'd always wanted to create music. You know, all of my favourite artists, you know, all of my favourite music, I think is is overthought sometimes when it's being produced, fine, but like in the the conception of the idea it has to be like instant and especially with this song when I listen back to it I just can't remember how I wrote it or you know I would never have thought of what I thought of if I'd have thought about it yeah so was the recording it as simple as creating it sort of yeah I mean it's about sort of getting all the prep done really it's like 
one of those things when you've got people like Alpha and Spaven and Rocker coming in, it's like you don't really want to be messing about fine-tuning things and like you're not going to get Spaven to play a kick drum for however long. So you get ready, they come in, they start playing and we essentially just record for hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. and then something would be like, oh, hang on a minute, go back on that. And then more often than not, you'd go in, you know, put his initial idea down, which sometimes will obviously, in this case, ends up being on the actual record. And then we might go back and try it to click or try it a few different ways. Mm-hmm. And it never quite has the same, more yeah. often than not had the same thing. It was always just be like, no, that was it in the moment sort of thing. So that was, you can kind of see this here. This is 125.24. Really? Yeah, I, didn't I think know so. That. Because a lot of it would just be free time. And then eventually yeah. they Jeez, try stuff. You can, oh, is it? Spot on. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, of course, because the old uh, 1% very speed. Very yeah. speed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, we've got, what have we got here? We've got like nearly 40 minutes of, playing and it's all like finding something you know hitting around places and it's oh, like for a Go on. Oh. Hey. this is them just sort of going and then they sort of begin to find the groove and then you can, I think this is here where you came in on it and then eventually it bit from a plastic bean face hurts from a plastic smile on plastic days of plastic scenes yeah plastic scenes but it's like with this session it was that yeah sort of slowly moving through different sort of evolutions yeah. for like 40 minutes and there's you know bits that you mark down that might get pulled in you know all sorts of stuff that's like Do you know what? yeah we could use that but with this one it just oh. became <laughs> Every time. And we'll go back in, it's we fine. We should have gone back in on um, that. But like, with this one, it was just a song. Mm-hmm. Like, you did the verse mm-hmm. and it like, it just formed itself. It yeah. sort of just suggested the structure. The structure was already kind of yeah. there. And we did like a little bit of manipulation after it. But mm. yeah, it was just quite instant, this one. It was joy, man. Like listening back as well, it reminds me of how joyous those sessions were because it's just so much fun. Because you're listening, you know, these are musicians that I, I'm friends with, but I'm big fans of all of them. And so like, I had to get myself in the mode of writing because sometimes I would just sit there and just enjoy, you know, like I was just at a show because these are like guys I'm close to having this free spontaneous thought and I get to, you know, be front row. So yeah, it's just nice to hear it. But you know, because the difference of that, because obviously at one point we sent it over to Quest. So before that, it was a really simple structure. It was just like one little verse I'd written and then an idea that I was repeating. And um, we were like, okay, cool. How do we trying to take this from you know it's essentially like a jam and maybe like more of an interlude into something that can be seen as an you know respected as a song and it was as simple as i don't know like kind of on a red hot chili peppers thing of like instead of rewriting more just repeating the little bits that made the most sense and finding space for them i don't know is it worth playing that's that version or just going straight into the version we sent to quest there maybe well i mean i think the biggest difference was when quest came in the sort of True. middle eight bit and ripped a new portal into a true. new dimension yeah, true. and turned it basically from a sort of jam with a bunch of people in the room which mm-hmm. is kind of what we wanted it to sound like but it was like okay we just there needs to be mm-hmm. an extra element of thought here yeah and that's sort of what so i bounced out all the stems and that's kind of where quez came in yeah we didn't before, actually before that as well there's a big sample in it from something that happened on tv and like that was kind of the brief to quez i was like hey look you know we've got this thing it's kind of insidious it's like a this I don't know, like horror movie-esque thing that's happening on TV and how do we get the song to reflect that? Because it, basically the way I was seeing it is the song in my head was like, either you're on, you know, everyone's on their phone all the time or they're watching TV all the time and you're just flicking through these horrible things and like lovely things, lovely things and horrible things. And it felt like this song kind of, in, I wanted to encapsulate this idea of 
you begin by, you know, oh, this is nice. You're whatever, reading a nice news story on something. Not positive, but, you know, placid. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this horrible thing happens. You read about it, you read about it. And then at any point you can just close your phone or swipe away. And I want it to be like this little moment, like people get every day where everything's okay. Then it's terrible. Then it's fine again. Because that's, I think, what people have started to get used to. So that was like, that was the brief yeah. when I came to Quest with it. When we sat down, I was like, yo, that's where I want it to be at. And that's more how we speak, I think, about music. It's never so much like musically, like, oh, I want you to take it to this, you know, like use these instruments or whatever. It's always just like, this is the feeling. Concept. Cin yeah, I guess cinematic. It's always like yeah. visual, I guess. Yeah. So it's interesting because in a way, you know, the jam, the groove, the inspiration that got you fired up, mm -hmm. but you're, there was an evolution to what you were trying to say lyrically you know yeah. so you go from a kind of critique of materialism or you know uh, that's every day around yeah, you yeah, and then yeah. actually to to more hard-hitting things that have even mm -hmm. uh, more insidious impact yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. our lives and then you want that reflected in the music so you go away from the lovely kind of warm coziness of, of being in a room with your friends exactly listening to them perform mm. to kind of you want to shake it up a little bit yeah to kind of take pull people out like make people feel comfy and then lift them out of that room mm. And then whether or not we put them back is kind of in our control. Yeah. Um, so that's when Quez came yeah. in. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Well, over to you, Quez, then. Yeah. Um, when I first heard the song, um, there was this like, undertone of apathy. And it also felt like the song, just as it progressed, was just like starting to melt. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of amplify the song melting and like frying. It also made the instrumentation sound a lot rougher as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot less kind of warm and inviting. It kind of you still kind of have that at the beginning, but then as the song progresses, it just starts to kind of mm -hmm. feel like a little bit like uneasy. Anyway, I'll play you. Plastic days with a plastic BBC, plastic guys like me, plastic N I W G E R. Actually, let me show. Do you want me to play it with this? With um. Oh yeah, yeah, the replay. Yeah, the replay. Yeah, so. Oh man! Really amazing actor called Vivian Apara, mm -hmm. and she yeah we did the news report. Yeah, let me just unmute her here. Yeah. With a plastic BBC, plastic guys like me, plastic N I double G E R. Here is a warning for abusive language. A recent assault on a health worker resulted in serious injuries. When we, when we first heard that, we were like. I remember me and Nick kind of going, oh, this is maybe too much. Do you know what I mean? In, in terms of like cranking it and it took a little bit of getting used to, but it was funny again. It was like with everyone we played it to, they were just like, yo, this is our favorite. And people that I wouldn't expect, you know, people who not have bad taste, but you know, people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know anybody with bad taste. No, 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 no just, <laughs> no, but you know, but people like who like things a certain way, like things mm. to be clean or, you know, I was expecting them to pick out a song that's more radio friendly or whatever, but everyone kind of consistently was like, nah, there's something about this song. And I think it's because of the, the groove that is established at the beginning allowed us this space to go, hey, you're comfortable now. Now we can mess with you. If the song started like this, I don't think people would like mm, it. But, yeah. Yeah. but because we, were, we gave them an in, they're with you on the journey, I guess. Yeah. Let me just play it from the master here and then I'll go back into the session and then detail what was going on in it. Here is a warning of abusive language. A recent assault on a health worker resulted in serious injuries. His attackers shouted at him, calling him. Look at you with your plastic watch. Yeah, 
word in your plastic whip uh, with your plastic friends yeah in your plastic chip you're a plastic prick look at all your plastic shit yeah that's the plastic nose you'll see it as a plastic chip yeah, plastic slips with a plastic BBC with a plastic N-I-double-G-E-R on a broad day TV Plastic guys like me Plastic N-I-double-G-E-R on a broad day TV Right. No, that's Rocco. Mm. I pitched, pitched up. So what I did is I, I pitched up. No, I pitched up Rocco. I've been telling everyone this. Yeah, so that's, that's, <laughs> so that's bass guitar. Sorry, Rocco. Wait, because <laughs> you, you, you came in and played something over the top of it. I'm no, sure. So basically, what I did. Or did you lose that? In that section, I mm-hmm. played. Um, there's another bass line which I'm playing underneath, but that that line that sounds like guitar is actually Rocco's bass. Yes. Line. Okay. Yes. And no, I do remember that. So uh, yeah, I guitared Rocco's bass line and synthed it and stuff, like that, and then played another bass line underneath that. Right. Um, it's interesting because it kind of has a funkadelic feel or like Eddie Hazel solo yeah. or something mm-hmm. there. And also just all the the phasing or whatever it is you've mm. used. Yeah, um, yeah. So what I'll do is I'll isolate Rocco's bass line. It's interesting though, Ben, because you gave Quez a brief yeah. and he answered that brief yeah, really, okay. really well. Perfectly, you know? yeah. Mm. And that's a good illustration of the, the communication necessary, you know, mm-hmm. the, the great bond and understanding that you both have. Mm. You completely got what you were trying to do. Yeah. This song def- is definitely my favourite on the album, you know, because I feel like it, yeah, it kind of, it lines out our working relationship perfectly, but also it, it's like a real exclamation point for the process that we went through, you know, taking a song from a jam and this like quick, spontaneous spark all the way to this finished article without losing its soul, but also allowing it to be, you know, something powerful. But yeah, the idea of melting, it's, a, it's just a great example of collaboration. Because, mm. you know, the song's called Plastic, but never at once did I think really about how, yeah, how like all of us are, you know, slowly melting into the same thing. And it takes another brain to push your idea further, right? Yeah, just grateful. Yeah, me too. But yeah, here's the um, bass line without any effects. And also I pitched it up by a whole octave. I've brought it back to its original state. What I'll do is I'll loop this section. That's chopped though, yeah? Yeah, I chopped it as well. So you kind of did essentially create a solo with... Yeah, with Rocco's bass line. That's even better than playing a solo to me. That's so crazy because I'm pretty sure that the conversation we had had in the studio, the reason why I think Quez played this is because he was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go home and play on it. And then he came back and was like, yeah, I've got it. It just didn't say anything yeah. more about it. But he kind of played with it, in yeah. effect. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. This, that's just crazy. Which, which in a way is playing it. Yeah, no, it is. It's yeah, more, yeah. more so. It's playing the laptop. Mm. That's, yeah, and that's the bass. So sick. It's great. And presumably you don't need to be fried on acid in order to create that, as yeah. Eddie might have been back in the day. <laughs> yeah, luckily. And then here's Alpha's keys, and I did like some swooping thing. 
and portmanteau. That, oh, so weird. <laughs> and then you as well. I'm just building it back up. Just listen to that for hours. Oh my dude. <laughs> How lucky are you, man? So sick. Do you want me to talk a bit about what's going on in each That would be instrument? great, yeah. So what exactly are you doing? I mean, you are kind of playing all the different parts that you've got. Yeah. Or playing so with them. You're playing with them mm. and additional parts. Um, so is, adding effects, taking away things? Yeah, adding effects, taking away things. Um, you're just having fun, really. I guess I've detailed what's happening on the, the bass that mm. became guitared. So yeah, just your usual suspects, decapitator. Really, I would bust all of these in one go and another bust and then bust those again. But I was so in the moment and just kind of just copied the channel twice. So you've got three instances of the same guitar, bass guitar, but they're all doing slightly different things. You've got decapitator, fab filter, and pedals. I think I was just using just to stop logic stuff, you know, really messing with that. A bit of Valhalla vintage verb, tremulator, sound toys. I think I had one instance that was doing quite a lot of modulation. That way, and then you got some echo void, like creating a bit of width. Are you able to like play those little bits as you yeah, yeah, mentioned? Yeah, yeah. Them? Oh yeah. Yeah. So this one, Flanders doing a lot of work there, and then here's another one here. Yeah, that one's a bit more distorted. I think the Auto Boy's doing some bits there. Yeah, I've got it really driving here. So the distortion on that's coming from the Auto Boy. Little Auto Boy. Pretty similar to the other one. And then here's the other one. Flanger again. And then this one here. So yeah, that's a guitar, that's a bass guitar, but then I chopped it up again and then pitched it up another octave. So that becomes like an effect, kind of like a, like an ethereal kind of pant moving effect. I like using the tremolator a lot, basically. So, and you're doing this all kind of live as you're letting the music play. You're just fiddling yeah, around and yeah. then in effect playing your laptop and all the things you've got on it. So yeah. like a, a musician would know exactly how their guitar works and how the particular pedals they work, you know, through experimentation. Yeah. Yes. Your expertise on your laptop means that you can kind of run that through in effect, like playing yeah. the, the instrument. Computer, yeah. So the computer is the, the instrument computer is here. the instrument, really. Yeah. I mean, I'd sometimes do this with all the actual, you know, it could have been another time and I would have just played the bass line. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I was just so in, I was really into just making stuff on the computer and mm. just 
Mm-hmm. I was kind of in a headspace where I was, I'd started making music again. Because like, I started making music secondary school, I must have been 13, 14, on a laptop with Fruity Loops. And I was back in that headspace again, Ben and Nick and, and Mike, who's not here. Like, I think, feel like in that period of time, I caught the bug again of just like really enjoying making music and, and having fun like, and making something from very little. Mm. Yeah, I'd really got into that headspace with making this record. So yeah, I'm thankful for that. Oh, we love you so much. Good to watch, man. It's <laughs> nice to watch. I'm conscious of the time. Yeah, so uh, time, maybe yeah. we should just quickly have a little blast of the master again. And yes. then we get a couple of questions that we always ask everybody on the podcast. If there are any questions, anyone watching, if there are any questions, just drop me a line on socials or something and I'll try and answer it. You'll be lucky if you get a reply though. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great things that we do is try and assemble a list of all the different things that are mentioned. Yeah. So when people can go into the show notes and find mm. links that will yeah. take mm-hmm. them to a lot of the things that really you're talking yeah. about, which is really useful. Yeah, if you yeah. do have a question and, and Quez doesn't reply, then ask me and then I can ask him. Because <laughs> he, he might reply to me. <laughs> like a month later. <laughs> I'm, I'm worse, I think. Oh yeah, you're pretty bad. Not with you though, I always reply to you. Yeah, 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 you're pretty, yeah, pretty good. Not me though. Nah, that's different. <laughs> that's different, man. <laughs> so shall I play Master again? Yeah, let's hear it. So I'll play from the breakdown going into the, like, post the breakdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the plastic days, with a plastic BBC, plastic guys like me, plastic Here's a warning of some abusive language. A recent assault on a health worker resulted in serious injuries. His attacker shouted at him, calling him Could you with your plastic watch, yeah, and your plastic whip, uh, with your plastic friends, yeah, and your plastic chip. You're a plastic prick, look at all your plastic shit, yeah. That's the plastic notes, yeah, see a plastic chip. Yeah, plastic slips, with a plastic BBC, with a plastic N-I-double-G-E-R on the broad day TV. Plastic guys like me, plastic N-I-double-G-E-R on the broad day TV. So that is Plastic from Hugo. Um, before I let you leave this studio, uh, we have to ask you a couple of questions that we always ask everybody who comes on the podcast. So one is about kit. Is there a piece of tech or kit that you always use that is your go-to that really helps your creativity? Uh, it changes, really. I think for this process in particular, for a lot of the recording that sort of made up a lot of the bulk of the album, there's a DBX 118. It's like an expander thing that we ended up using on this, on the crush mic of the drums that really did just become a big part of the drum sound. It just sort of really heavily compressed this drum. You know, everyone sort of knows the crush. You sort of stick it in the middle and it's kind of becomes a sort of all round mic for the whole kit. And it just gave the kit a kind of breathing sort of thing when it was really heavily compressed, which I sort of definitely will have to go on eBay and actually try and get one for myself. Um, Cause it's, yeah, it made a big difference in the drum sound for me. That sort of, from my point of view, that's definitely a big thing. And the Lewitt sounded really good. You were using the Lewitt mic on. Lewitt, yeah. Lewitt was actually a really good, I think it was on Speed of Plight, we ended up using that oh, yeah. quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Lewitt do these amazing mics where they've got like a dual diaphragm thing where you sort of, you can stick it in and you can get two separate outputs. You've got like a left and a right. And it just creates this amazing stereo image. You stick it in a piano kind of thing and you get this like crazy width. I think it's the 640 I was using. So yeah, Lewitt mics, really, really good. Go get yourself a Lewitt mic. Yeah. And um, 
I don't know how much I used it on this record, but the OP1, mm-hmm. the OP1 is, has been really good. Yeah, it just takes you places you don't, you don't expect really. Mm. I mean, you've mentioned loads of plugins. Um, oh yes. Throughout the course of our conversation. Yeah, I guess a plugin that's really instrumental to this record is the um, Good Hertz. There's a company good, called Good Hertz and they do this plugin called the Lossy. It's like a bit reduction plugin. Use that on a lot of Ben's vocals actually to kind of make them sound almost like like a low bit rate MP3. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's a really good plugin that can very quickly degrade the sound and a lot of fun. The Good Hertz plugins in general are a lot of fun to use, very easy to use and really nice to look at and and inspiring. And then also... Um, RC20 as well. RC20, oh yeah. Use Excellent RC20, audio yeah. is like big. Use that on quite a lot of stuff. It, again, it gives it such a nice saturation on some of the sort of settings on there and used across like a lot of the buses and it just takes it from being sounding a bit squeaky clean to like a bit older and a bit dustier. Yeah. And it's really good. Yeah. And the other thing we always ask everybody is about advice, whether you've received any advice along the way or whether you've learned something along the way or three different people with three different experiences. Be interesting to hear. We're looking at Ben. Everybody's looking at Ben. Um, I get all my advice from Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think what's this process taught? You know, refinement, I think, is is useful. But at the same time, I think you need to share the load. You know, pick your community, you know, carefully and wisely, but really make sure you have a community around you when you're creating something, no matter what it is. Because I think that the real life and power and, and strength of this album is everything has been cross-referenced, you know? So it's like, yo, what do you think? Because there's many, many parts of this that I thought were amazing. And people have just gone, that is not terrible but that's too much or we don't need to know that or let's that musically that's not quite right and i think you need to have yeah a, like a, a community so yeah just lean into collaboration and be open-minded because plastic you know i guess lines that out the best mm. the quest took like the places that i never would have dreamed of taking it to and it's better for it so yeah that and um yeah just be careful who you sample man <laughs> 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 Oh, God, yeah, damn it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this. It's been brilliant to have you on Take Notes. Um, we should play one more song from the album, a kind of outro track, one we haven't talked about or discussed, yeah. um, just to give you another taste of, of what the record's all about. Mm. You think what the Lasting Place? Yeah, there's a song yeah. just after Plastic, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Delicate one. So this is A Lasting Place. Yeah, shout out to Puma Blue. Yeah. And Harvey. Harvey. Yeah, yeah, big time. So Nick, Ben, Quez, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have a moment, do tell your friends and leave us a review. It all really helps. Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you tape notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.
father in me That's why she argued with me That's why they can't forgive me I rock in a hard place Wearing a hard face Close the door, leave my house like I'm Scarface yeah. Sweet success that I can't taste Heard the bang still finished in the last